Hello everyone and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. This week we will be continuing our theme of covering patch 3.2, but we are going to be talking about lore. The story, main story, Hildebrand, Alexander, and some other entries that I'm sure Ethis wants to share with us. However, before we can get started, we should probably introduce everyone. I am one of your hosts, Michael, Mr. Happy Poveromo. Joining me, as per usual, is Sly, a.k.a. Sly the Fox, a.k.a. Sly, a.k.a. Grey Fox, a.k.a. You, my boy, Blue. How you doing, Sly? I'm doing good. How are you doing this week? I, I'd say I'd say I'm doing all right. I got my I got my Seth weapons. I got I got all my stories done. I'd I'd say I'm doing all right. I'm working on probably getting into Savage later this week. Sounds good. Sounds good to me too. And of course, joining us like he did last week because he harassed us so much at the end of last week's episode that we just decided to ha- make this this episode this week's episode. Harassed you? Yeah, harassed. Like I still have the bruises. That would be that would be Ethis Asher. You all know him, I think. I think they know you at this point. They should. Oh my God. Uh, there's, no, there's gonna there's gonna be someone in the chat who doesn't know me for sure. Hi, it's I'm probably be- It's probably better. Than I like you, I like Final Fantasy XIV lore and uh, long walks inside the beach with Sly. Inside the beach. In the beach. Not inside on the beach. beach. I thought you were gonna say inside Alexander for a second. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Nope. Inside the beach. No. I don't think there are any long walks inside Alexander. How did he bruise you from Australia with his words? With my words. Dude, last, Just last words. episode, actually, when I was listening to that back, I was like, man, I was I was being really mean. <laughs> the, 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 the wound that cuts deepest isn't on the skin, it's in the soul. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, like I said, because at this at the end of last week's episode was like, so next week we're doing lore, right? We're doing lore, right? Uh, right, right. True, so true story. I didn't tell the, I didn't tell either of them what the show was on until about forty minutes ago. Actually, at this, I told about two hours ago. Sly, I told about forty minutes ago because at this needs well, more. Well, you're you're lucky. I woke up early because I I saw a message from you on my phone. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna be alive in like an hour. <laughs> I mean, the good news is, I mean, it's like, I literally did Hildebrand an hour ago, so it's fresh on my mind. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, it didn't take too long, did it? No, nah, it took, like, literally, like, 17 minutes to do. That long? That's... Yeah, well, I, I, I read it over a couple of times. I mean, I read it over, too, but, yeah, yeah, it's just so short. And I had to fly across Corthus, which was oh. probably the longest part of the entire fucking quest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, so I'm at Falcon's Nest and I have to go to Dusk Vigil. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm already here and I don't want to teleport to the Dravanian Forelands just to come back here. I'm just going to fucking fly it. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be talking about the story this week. The show will probably not go longer than an hour and a half. If we need to, we will reconvene at a later date and talk more about the story. We also knew at that point we'd probably be doing Aerozivia as well. Might as well, because, I mean, at this point, like, we'll get through enough of this to the point where we can't have a full second show about the story. So we would probably combine that with Aerozivia uh, the next time that we reconvene. That being said, we should probably get started. And you're, you're going to give me more than an hour's notice for Aerozivia, aren't you? Why would I give you any notice? You're, you're not, it's not like you're going to be able to look at the fucking show notes. Yeah, well, I, I need to, like, emotionally prepare for that, don't I? Yeah, for you to somehow lose the lore of the game show. I need to, you know, I need to, like, do my my sort of anus exercises. Yeah, honestly, if you want to take ten minutes to do Hildebrand right now while we talk about that, the main story, you could probably get it done. 
Oh, no, sorry. I know what's going on with Hildebrand anyway. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, on that note, we're going to get started with the main story. And before we really talk in, about the specifics of it, uh, what was our general feel of this one, especially versus 3.1? Because this one wasn't actually that much longer than 3.1's story, but it had a lot more. I felt it had a lot more substance. I agree mm. with that. I agree. It was more, it was more drama filled. Uh, I almost wanted to compare it to uh, Before the Fall, but you too know, short. too short. Well, I mean, it's hard to compare because one fucking cutscene in Before the Fall. They li- whenever they give you a cutscene where it warns you, you're gonna be here for a while. Yeah, Make yeah, sure it was what like twenty eight minutes or something. I think I think together both cutscenes, both of the like these are super long cutscenes, totaled in at about fifty minutes. Jeez, yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, I can't wait for that to happen again at three point five. Yeah, I cannot see. I'm I'm trying really hard not to say that that I have mixed feelings about this last story because you called me out on having mixed feelings on pretty much everything, um, but. I think I think it was good. There were just like a lot of things that I was expecting to see and hoping to see that we did not see. Regarding the Dragon Song War, I'm assuming. Yeah, particularly regarding the Dragon Song War and a lot of the predictions that we were making beforehand, like um, uh, Alize and Alfino you know, having a little reconvi. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, spoiler warning. Oh yeah, spoiler warning Spoilers. and all that. Like, go and do your story. Blah blah blah. Watch it on YouTube later. Subscribe. Um, <laughs> like, favorite, subscribe, Shameless and share. Shameless please. Plug. Dat plug. That's like that's like top ten plugs in terms of the the pure energy and enthusiasm behind that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So looking looking back at that previous screenshot we got, it kind of makes sense that Alfino is sort of you know ramping himself up to say some things he's been meaning to say for a while. Yeah. But I I, I think it was really disappointing that we didn't. Uh, we didn't get any. We we didn't address the the thing with Alize overhearing Rianje and the Warrior of Darkness. And you would have thought that that would be like a pretty high priority for her to, um, you know, get that to us. And again, we didn't really see much more of the Warrior of Darkness, which was a yeah. bit. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I feel like a lot of things were kind of cut off from three point one, mm. and it's like we'll get. We'll get pieces. We'll get little pieces of something else and then mm-hmm. address the thing that was cut off in 3.1, probably in 3.3. Yeah, I agree with you. The The whole Warrior of Darkness thing, seeing Derplander for like, what, one, like five seconds near the mm-hmm. end? Like, well, those I was five seconds was had, a lot of, had a lot of meaning. Not, not really to me. It was I, just, it was I, think, just, I think they did. I think they did too because I, there's. I don't. I will talk about that later, and yeah. I and I, I'll explain why. I I specifically want to get to that part too. There's a lot of parts that I was I was like no fucking way when mm. they happened here. But we're gonna do it chronologically. So we're gonna start with um we're gonna start with the earlier parts, which is the first chapter is kind of back on the Asian chapter. So that's how the the patches kind of work now. It breaks it up between the Asian chapter, the current Dragon Song War, and then. Uh, spoilers, which in this case, most of our spoilers go towards the Alamegan refugees. Yeah. So something right. that so the over the overlying arc, the expansion arc, and the prequel arc is what I like to break down all patches into at this point. I feel like it. it I feel like it makes sense. I mean, they always they're always prepping us for expansion. They're finishing what our current problems are, and then the Asians are always there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's reasonable. That's a reasonable way to structure it. 
Yeah. So we're going to start with the Minfilia arc, which is part of the Asian arc here at the beginning. And Thancred got a lot more, the, probably the most character development we've seen from him since 1.0, I feel. Mm -hmm. 2.0 kind of didn't really give him much character development because they were just like, ice oh, possessed. He didn't mean it. <laughs> like, that's, that's his entire cop-out for A Realm Reborn. Um, so Thancred's feelings towards Minfilia, his interactions with the other uh, members of the cast. I, I kind of liked seeing Thancred not be the jokester. For once, he kind of his look kind of matched his emotion at this point. Yeah, yeah, I feel, I I feel like he uh, had a, like, a more serious tone, even more so than three point one. Even when we got him back, um, he, like you said, he fits uh, he fits the look. His emotions fit the look. He's more rugged, I guess you could say. More only where I can think more, of more torn. torn. Hmm. I wouldn't say torn though. He gets torn pretty quickly into, into yeah. This. He's got a he's got a pretty pretty short fuse at the moment. Yeah, um, he doesn't take I, a lot of shit. I was, when when we started with three point one, I was sort of saying, all right, it looks like he's just kind of dropped the shit. You know, people are like always oh, he's, he's sort of really you know changed dramatically and stuff, and he used to be so lighthearted and stuff like that. But through one point zero and two point zero, we we notice in a couple of places that that sort of cheerful nature and the and the flirting and all that that's that's kind of just a front and that's a way of him sort of keeping his spirits high and keeping everyone sort of around him um in in that same sort of uh field but it seems like it's more complicated than that it seems like he's really having some kind of crisis at the moment he feels like he was too weak do you feel like it goes beyond his feelings towards menphilia because i feel like something happened during his absence that kind of put him in, in this kind of Leonardo DiCaprio revenant mode. He, he's just mm -hmm. so... I think, I think it was more uh, before the fall. I mean, we, we were talking leading up to before the fall, all right, who's going to have a fall? And the most obvious one for, for everyone is, you know, Alfino. Alfino, yeah. you know, his hubris caught up to him. But Thancred seems to have suffered something very similar here where his um he's always been so confident that he can find a solution and he's he failed like he he failed minfilia he failed the other silence we we seriously fucked up he wasn't strong enough well if you haven't seen the scene that because he refers back to the opening scene of ulda from 1.0 yeah he uh, does and uh, if you haven't seen that scene, that is a scene that you should probably familiarize yourself with because it's very central to Thancred and Minfilia's character development. Back when Minfilia, that was how Minfilia was introduced to us, was in the Ulda opening cutscene where Gubu runs wild and kills her father. Yeah, that's right. Um, and she was still a Celia back then. Yeah. And the whole Ulda opening is actually a sort of echo flashback of us from sort of, uh, I, I guess it was about 10 years before 1.0. Um, and her father, I don't think they mentioned when Thankard was talking about it, but her father was actually working as a, as a double agent yeah. um, with the, the uh, Alamigo resistance for, um, for the Empire. Yeah. So he, was, he, was a, he was a big deal and he got killed in this spectacle that was um, a, a sort of elaborate ruse put on by the monetarists to make them look heroic by rescuing a bunch of people from a, a rampage of Gubu. And um, well, th the point that Thancred was making now was that he was too busy sort of flirting with some girl or whatever to, to kind of step in before it became 
uh, a bit too much to handle. But yeah, I'm remembering back to that cut scene. He was he was pretty on top of it. Like he was pretty on the ball. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Um, the way it goes is that cut scene has. Um... It has the goo it starts breaking free, they try to seal again, it bitch slaps the dude who was who had it sealed. Yeah. And then you and then you as a level one character and Thancred go in, you fight it, and then as after you beat it, it just does one it runs through the streets and it just fucking head it just runs right into him. And then yeah. dies immediately. So he he's on top of it, but he doesn't actually kill it before it before it, it does anything that like harms anyone. Well, I think yeah, I think the point I'm making here is that Thancred seems to be being unreasonably hard on himself here. And that as far as I'm concerned, there wasn't really anything about his character back then that sort of prevented him from doing more than he could have done. I think he did everything that he could have done back then. And at the moment, he's, he's just sort of feeling like he, he's too weak to help certain people that he's close to. And he's just sort of grasping at anything that might explain it. Um, so he's got a lot to sort of come to terms with. Yeah, it's going to be, and I feel that he is going to become an, another central point, like Orion J with the Asian theme, and we'll talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit more. But very quickly into it, we we go back to the Praetorium where Ultima Weapon was. Although I was upset they didn't actually have us do that, like some sort of little tiny instance thing where we go back through the. Praetorium. The Praetorium should be burned to the ground by now. Yeah. That Except really, the that fact really that frustrated were... me. That really frustrated me. Like the the amount of work that we had to go to to like get in the Praetorium was such a big deal. And Thancred now is just like, oh, I'll just put the I'll just put the fucking pot helm on, and you know that barely got us through the Castrum and Mordona last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, ah, come on. And also that we we blew the shit out of that. I can't think why they would have bothered rebuilding that. There's no there's no legatus in charge. There. Well, Meridianum is what surrounds the Praetorium. It was really only the Praetorium that was completely destroyed. The rest of the Castrum was, the outer skirts of it were still mostly intact. Yeah, but we saw some shots of the Praetorium in the background uh, in 3.2 here. And it looked like it was exactly as it's always been. I was like, oh, all right, okay. You think that's uh, Regulus doing? It's a big fucking crater. After ultimately- Regulus Regulus stuck in Azizlaw. He ain't going nowhere. Yeah, and regular, regular doesn't couldn't care less about uh, anything. Gaius did. Yeah, mm. he's, not, he's not exactly Gaius's biggest fan, even though he stole all of his moves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I've done I've done the 3.0 story. So we do that. We realize, oh, we got to find a way through the ether because Minfilia tracked down the ether from whatever, and now she she ended up in the ethereal sea too. And Heidelin's intervention leads us to believe that she's somehow in contact with her. So we go into the anti-tower. We go through one of the easiest dungeons I've done in a long time. And we get to the, we get to the final room. And then we finally, for the first time in a pretty long time, hear Heidelin's voice. Or what we determined to be Heidelin's actual voice. Although you don't realize it right away who it actually is. We know because they fucking spoiled it with all the trailers and shit. But yeah. <laughs> Well, also, it's the same voice actor that Minfilia had yeah. in um, Rome Reborn, I think. I, think, yeah, I don't think they changed the voice actor. I, I don't think... I think she's one of the few that survived the great voice acting change of 3.0. <laughs> the great voice acting calamity. <laughs> yeah, that was the eighth umbral calamity. The voice acting changes calamity. Alphano was the only one that made sense to me because he, like, went through puberty on the inside. Alphano is great. Yeah. He's you know, growing... So we end up in this situation where Menphilia has turned into the physical manifestation of Heidelin's voice. 
basically. And we take a we take carpet ride. Yeah, we we. I can, I can show, show you. you the world. All she doesn't show us any world. She just flies around the she crystal. Just flies and she's around like, the mother crystal. That's just, it. Let's just talk while we fly around because yeah. I don't want to stay still. It's a nice yeah, place. You can't walk. Yeah, well, you can fly or swim yeah. in this case. Yeah. I guess what they would consider. She's been turned into the word of the mother, and now her new name is Wordphilia. <laughs> Wordphilia, yeah. We had milf. Yeah. We had milfilia. We had minfilia. We had. Broomphilia, and we had now we have wordphilia. All right, okay. So, what do you what do you guys think of that scene? I'm interested to see, to to hear what you sort of took from that and the she implications we got. She ain't coming back. She gone. Okay, she's gone. Do you do you oh, think well, she's gone, Haps? Do I think what? Does Haps think that she's also gone? I I don't believe anything after fucking before the fall. Like, <laughs> I don't, we I don't believe through. anything after before the fall. I'm like, these everyone's Moon is alive somewhere. She's in fucking Cuba with Tupac and Elvis somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> but Highland is weakening now. Knowing, knew, we, we knew we knew that for a while. Since Menphilia and Highland are connected in this way, um, one, do you think we're eventually going to lose Heidelin? And two, if we do lose Heidelin, does that mean we lose Menphilia forever along with Heidelin? I don't see I don't think we're gonna lose her. I don't think she we lost her yet. I think that her physical form shattered, and I don't think that means anything because even Yashtola didn't have a physical form when she was drifting in the ethereal sea. We had to like drag her out of there. So Menphilia's yeah, gonna be true. fucked up like Yashtola, but we'll get her back at some point. <laughs> I don't know if we'll get her back. I think we'll see her in that sort of capacity a few more times. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think we'll ever sort of get her back in the way that we'd sort of think of it. Um, what, what do you guys think about what she told us, though? That pretty much Heidelin's on her last limb and that if we have one more Calamity, Zodiac's, he's, he's back. Yeah. Well, it's not... It's they not don't even, they don't even need, we don't even need a Calamity at this point. It's just she's so weak that he's imminent. It's it's the way I took it is more they they need a few more calamities, but they're picking up so much momentum because she is so weak. They're that they're at the point now where they could just roll out like another seven calamities in the next week. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, seven more. We got this. Yeah. Um, because, and, and it sort of explains why they're kind of getting closer and closer together, um, in a way, but we got in, in the English translation anyway, we got this, uh, 10 and three. What, what did you guys think of that? So, oh, hang on. Where are we? Um, I'll just read a bit from what Minfilia was saying. So before there was life in the depths of the ethereal sea, light and dark did once dwell as one. That's pretty consistent with the kind of theories we'd have. Yeah. Um, but the darkness coveted power and the balance was broken. Thus was I forced to banish him onto the distant heavens to forever remain apart, a moon bound. In sundering the star did we cry out and the barriers twixt planes chanced to falter across ten and three where we divided reflections of the source, each possessed of a shard. What do we think of that? That confused me. Because mm -hmm. normally, normally we get, normally the, the central number I think of is 12 in reference to the 12. I think of 14. But well, 14. 
<clears throat> and ten and three. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's uh, technically that's the same amount of Asians that there are thirteen, or there there were back in the day, and they each had a shard. But the thing is, there's no ten and three because it's just twelve and Elidivus. That's mm -hmm. not ten and three. That's, that's twelve and Elidivus. So unless the twelve, as there was actually thirteen, and and there was actually thirteen. Mm -hmm. of them if you take Null and Thal and separate them. That's the only other thing that really lines up with, with that level mm -hmm. to me is, is, is the original 12. What do you think, Sly? I'm trying, I'm trying to go back to your explanation of the, um, the crystal at the beginning before mm -hmm. it split into you know the astral and the umbral. Um, mm -hmm. I just can't Think of where that last one is coming from. Mm. I, li I like this theory. Why can't this crystal just fucking speak English, please? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, just... it doesn't speak English. It speaks... What? Well, <laughs> God? It, it, interesting segue. It, 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 oh, we got our English translation, but it also speaks French and German and Japanese. And <laughs> when you cross-reference some of the other translations, it becomes a little bit more clear that uh, this 10 and 3, we are actually talking about 14. We, we're talking about, we're taking all of the thing, we're splitting it in half, we got Heinlein and Zodiac, then we're taking the Zodiac half and we're splitting that into 13 distinct pieces so that he's sort of separated and sealed, right? Um, and what's happening with the calamities is that the Asians are somehow breaking each of those seals and they're sort of rebuilding him, um, making him sort of a more coherent part of the half. So that's why we talk about rejoining is because he's sort of becoming more whole and the way the universe sort of originally was before Heidelin and Zodiac were split is coming, you know, closer and closer and closer. Um, so that explains the rejoining. That explains the, uh, the way that we talk about the um the calamities and that also explains the way that Hyland is sort of weakening and that the weaker she gets the less able she is to resist uh these uh seals being broken so i think that that's what's going on so when are we finding zodiac i really i really don't think we will 5.0 no, 5.0 is too soon. I mean, the thing is, this Asian arc has <laughs> to go... We've got, we got seven... If, if, if what I'm saying is right, and, and I'm pretty sure it is, uh, we've got seven more calamities before the rejoining is complete. Dude, it might stop making it seem like we ain't got time then. <laughs> we got time. Oh, we definitely got time. Like, like I'm saying, the, the, the fact that Highland's weakening, weakening means that we're sort of uh, cascading here. And the only thing that's stopping all of these calamities happening, one after the other, after the other, after the other, is the Warrior of Light. I mean, Thornton, that would have been one of them. Um, Sephiroth, that would have been one of them. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Nidhogg, at the moment, that, that would be another fucking calamity if we don't intervene in that. Um, it's, it's the Warrior of Light now is the only one standing between, you know, the world and these cascading calamities that are just going to completely ruin everything in a very short space of time. So wait, wait. Each individual, um, inst well, I'll go ahead and call them instances. Each mm -hmm. individual instance you're referring to as a calamity. So the Potential calamity. Okay. 
That's so, what I'm saying. Is that all these all these ridiculous things we're fighting at the moment, and everyone's saying, "Oh my God, the warrior of light is so overpowered." Look at all these gods that we're just throwing aside. Each one of these is the Asians, as in all the things that the Asians ever do. It's them trying to produce another Umbral era. So you say we're due seven more? I think so. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not saying we're due seven more, but I'm saying that, that for Zodiac to become whole again, we need to have seen uh, all of his 13 bits put together. Mm-hmm. And then the last one to, to smash the, the barrier between him and Heidelin and allow him to, to sort of get back to where he was. That's so nice. you would count, would you count Sephiroth towards that one? Sort of? I would count the whole triad, to be fair. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, my, my point is that all of these things, I'm not counting them as, as calamities. I'm, I'm saying that if we had not intervened, Sephiroth very well could have completely fucked up Eorzea. Okay, okay, I, I get what you're saying now. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, with each oncoming quote-unquote calamity, Highland's still getting weaker. Yeah. Uh, even though we're stopping these calamities, these supposed calamities, Highland's still getting weaker. That's right. What, what's going to be the breaking point? And, and to be fair, she's not getting weaker only when calamities happen because she's gotten weaker since 2.0 even. And, yeah. not an, and yeah, another true. calamity has not happened. True. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what the primals are all about, is that uh, the Asians are making sure that there's constantly something sapping away at, at her ether. Right, it's just the calamities are just really, really big hits all at once. Um, but there's, she's consistently getting weaker and weaker and weaker. Um, where's the breaking point? I think, I think we've already reached it. I mean, she hasn't been intervening. She hasn't been able to. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason she pulled Minfilia to her is because she's too weak to even appear to us and draw us into one of those uh, echo visions that we get with her. She's too weak to even do that. That's why she, she actually needed Minfilia's ether, the, the ether in Minfilia's own body to fucking sustain her enough to be able to talk to us. And only when we go to the fucking anti-tower, apparently. <laughs> exactly. So we've already reached that breaking point where she can't do anything else. All, all of those interventions that we were getting that uh, we got in, uh, in the Praetorium that uh, Kryle got uh, when the whatever happened with... Baldessian that we X-Death, presume yeah. yeah been involved with X death she can't do that shit anymore she's she's done with that um, so it's it's us it's it's down to us it always is we got this yeah. well do we I mean we have fucking plot armor so yeah we got this. <laughs> imagine just one day you think, we you think the Essians would just do something that's like not in Aeosia they'd be like you know what uh, these guys, they can't get to Maricidia yet. Maybe we should just go fucking plant a bomb there. <laughs> and then uh, by the time we get there, like, chronologically, game-wise, it's too late to do anything about it. We get there and we're like, well, fuck. Yeah, well, I mean, the Asians, you know, they're not, they're not too bright. Yeah, they're definitely not too bright. It's like, hmm, I'm going to say it to in here and tell you how you can't kill me. Oh, shit, you can kill me. <laughs> what? Now, one small, and this is small in, in terms of the grand scheme of things, but one small thing that I did that was kind of funny to me in terms of the anti-tower was how it was just um, Matoya's back door. Like, she could just walk into anti-tower any fucking time of, time of the day. Like, it's, it's nothing. 
It's nothing to her. Yeah, but it was it was sealed. It it was like the. But she was I mean, the warden. The quote yeah, 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 warden. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, for one, it it was very subtle. It wasn't like some. I mean, it wasn't like what the Garlanes would do if they had like some kind of secret facility. They built a great big fucking tower. Um, the Charlans, they create this sort of magical ward equivalent of a massive fucking fortress in some batshit crazy old ladies hermit <laughs> cave that no one's going to suspect. And if they do, they're not going to be able to break through it. Uh, Yastola was saying that she'd tried like dozens of times to work out how to get through that door. And uh, other people evidently had as well. And, and no one could. So I think, I think it was the perfect place to hide it. And it, it explains why um, it explains why she's the only Charlene left there, and she didn't pack up and leave when everyone else did. Now, speaking about Matoya, Matoya has some pretty strong words for Alphano, who goes back to being a bitch a little bit mm -hmm. this batch. But he's not That's a bit of a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> he goes. He goes. He goes back. He goes back to his wine. So hard on Alphano. He's. I agree. He's still, he's I agree. Still growing as a leader and as a man per se, he's still growing. We got to remember he's like he's like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. Well, I mean, but in, in, times, in times like this, you got to grow faster. I mean, Bahamut happened. He's fine. <laughs> like I think the circumstances are going to allow him to grow faster. Definitely. And, and like under normal circumstances, he wouldn't have this kind of leadership. But he's getting tossed into this. Mm. The circumstances are going to shape him to not quite be Louis Swa, but be pretty close to it. So what you're saying yeah. is eventually he's going he's gonna to stop another primal and send us forward in time five years, and that'll be a new expansion. Pretty much. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, uh, we'll, get, we'll get Soup Samadhi back full again at yeah. some point and <laughs> hand it to him. Here's Soup Samadhi, Alphano. Oh, my God, if we get Soup Samadhi back. I mean, we can still use it with just half. So just put the, just put the, other, two ha put the other two parts back on there. Soup Samadhi is so fucking OP. A little bit. It's a little oh. bit OP. It's a little bit strong. I can't wait for that to be our, our fucking relic weapon at some point. Um, but uh, Matoya pretty much, it, it, they reenact the, uh, the scene from the trailer where she tells them, you have to be willing to fight, to kill, and to die. Mm -hmm. Basically saying, you know this is a war, right? Like, you don't get to be all smiles and shit all the time when you're trying to stop the end of the world. She's and reminding him that he doesn't have plot armor. <laughs> That's basically the reminder. You don't. Ha you don't have plot armor. He does. Worry about yourself. Well, also, she's reminding us that that as the scions, we sort of think of ourselves as this family, and and sort of us coming first. And it's like before anything else, we need to look out for each other. And she's saying, like, you know, sacrifices are going to have to be made. You've got to. You've got to accept that. You can't save everyone all the time. There's going to be some collateral damage. You know, people people are gonna get hurt. Didn't even Midgard Stormer say a life for a life? He, he kind of reminded uh, the Warrior Light of this. I mean, everyone tries to remind everyone around the the Scions and the Warrior Light that they are they're not invincible. And Moonbrita was supposed mm -hmm. to be kind of an awakening to that mm -hmm. when she made her sacrifice. But it seems like they almost immediately, while they didn't forget her, they kind of didn't respect her decision in the way that they should have and how it was not a one-time thing it was not this thing that was only gonna happen well, they once they didn't accept happened. it as necessary yeah they thought it was it was preventable and they were sort of constantly trying to work out how they could have 
you know, stopped something like that from happening. And I think Matoya's point is you, you can't, like things like that are going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's, well, you still understands that, but like you said, Alphano's a kid and Thancred mm. doesn't want to understand that, but he does. Yeah. Thancred, well, for, for every, and we'll talk about this towards the end when we talk about Alphano's kind of, uh, resolution to what he finds most important and also where Thancred's probably going with his inner turmoil. Uh, they, everyone in the side, everyone in the science seems to now become a little bit more fragmented because they all have a different idea of what's supposed to be necessary. Yeah. And Matoya is kind of that joining factor, which I think she's dead before the end of this expansion hits. I'm almost positive Matoya is going to be a sacrifice at some point. No. Something, that woman's going to do something crazy in like 3.5 or 3.55. Now, since you say that, do you think that um, Yastola will be the replacement for Matoya? I think you're going to see the Scions each individually taking up more important roles like Minfilia has at some point. Alphanos is probably going to remain the way it is now, but mm -hmm. he will eventually be the replacement of Louis Swa, or that's the, that's the ideal. Right. Him and Alice together at some point are supposed to be his replacements. Minfilia is now the physical embodiment of Heidelin's voice. Yastola's already got some shit fucked up with her eyes, so she's, she's well on her way to doing something else. Kryl is for I like the key, and then now they're implanting the science in a lot of our side story quests too, which is something they kind of avoided doing outside of Coil and Primals. Mm -hmm. Like now it's like, oh hey, I'm here. Yeah, I couldn't not do. I couldn't not be, know about this. Like why? How how could I not know about this and just leave this all to you guys? It's like yeah, I wondered that all last expansion. Now I'm glad that you seem to have recognized that. Yeah. It's like in one Marvel movie. It's like this is gonna end the world. You're like, so where are all the other fucking? Adventures, <laughs> like every Captain America movie, you see him fucking struggling, and you're like, "Dude, where, where are you?" <laughs> all, all I got is Falcon. I need more than this. Shit. Some dude with a fucking wing with wings strapped to his fucking back. That yeah. is it. Great, yeah. awesome, good superhero. Uh, on that note, though, we move away from the uh, Asian arc and we move into the Dragon Song War arc. Which, this was, I liked this Dragon Song War arc, but mm -hmm. it felt too much like 3.1's arc with a bigger twist at the end. I agree with that. And I, I felt like it was really poorly paced as well. It was like, all right, bad things happen. Oh, I've got an idea. And then suddenly, Good you know, things we, happen. we fly at Relbon and everyone's like, oh, yeah, sweet. Okay, resolved. We're done. <laughs> now we're back outside. I thought that was really, I, I thought it was, I'm, I'm just going to say it, I thought it was shit. I thought that was crap. I thought it was absolutely Except crap. Except for the ending. Wait, well, oh, yeah. I, will say, I, I, I just mean the pacing. Yeah. I will say the Grand Melee was pigeonholed in, but it was probably my favorite part those motherfuck of Those the motherfuckers fooled the hell out of me in that trailer. I was like, I know he's fun. not against us, but still, I didn't yeah. expect it to be a fucking Grand Melee. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Like, it was a fun instance, but you're right. It was, it was pigeonholed. And that, I don't know, I keep expecting to see some progression with the Dragon Song War. And like you say, we just did the same thing that we did in 3.1. Everyone's feeling good. Oh, a bad thing happened. Now everyone's not sure. Oh, we resolved it. Now everyone's feeling good again. I'm like, there's, I feel like there's other places they can go with it. The thing, the thing you got to realize about the Dragon Song War is there's always going to be a, I wouldn't say human element, but a human element towards it. Sure. And this was the human element. These are... These are people who were hurt by the Dragon Song War that, that, that's been going on. And 
they see this alliance about to happen between um, dragons and men, and they don't want it to happen. They like well, I think it's understandable. I just don't think the band aid was believable at all. The fact that they're suddenly all okay with it and the fact that the, the revolutionary who is willing to get shot twice is, is, is now sort of feeling bad and bawling her eyes out, uh, you know, not a day later. It's like I think that's Amrick's leadership. It's Amrick's That's Amrick's plot armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, the only reason why it's wavering was it, because it was Amrick's leadership that was wavering. In all honesty, yeah, I think... Amrick pushed a lot of shit on other people. If he was a little more, you know, you know, hands on with this, I don't think a lot of this would have happened. But leaving, leaving, dude got, dude got stabbed. All right. Yeah, he's recovering from a stab wound, and he's still fronted up to the grand melee. I, I mean, understand. He, yeah, I was surprised. I was like, scene, he could, he could in barely his first stand. Cut scene in three point two, exactly. His first cutscene in three point two, you could barely stand up. So I don't think you can say that he's like he's doing everything that he can, but he's he's wanting to move towards something democratic. Mm-hmm. He's wanting to make sure that the highborn are on board and they're sort of taking their role. And he's he's putting his faith in the people, which is the the really important thing, the absolutely essential thing. And this time, his faith in the people failed him because Malian is a little fucking bitch. <laughs> I, 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 I like how we now have two of our four nations have had their leaders just fucked in the ass in some way for them wanting to go democratic. Both, both that, of them that have kid is just That kid is just a fucking asshole. <laughs> are you talking <laughs> about the girl? <laughs> talking about uh, the girl or are you talking about... Um, no, I'm talking about Amanalane. Amanalane. Oh, Amanalane, yeah. Actually, I was kind of expecting this out of uh, Atoro. But Atuarel no, no, no. was in 3.1. Atuarel was really on board with what Emmerich was trying to do, whereas Emmanuelaine was sulking. He was being a little bitch. Yeah, I mean, one of the very last cutscenes shows him kind of just walking off. Like, yeah, I'm I sure. get that, but I like Emmanuelaine's behavior, his whole behavior. I, I was expecting that out of Atuarel a little bit. But not Emmanuelaine to go full on bitch and just say, fuck this shit, I'm out. I don't feel like doing anything. Here, you do this. I don't want to do this. The only know? thing Emmanuelaine seems to, uh, seems to be able to identify with is people around him being affected negatively. Like, that's the, as soon as he sees something bad happen to them, he wants to fix it in some way. But up until that moment, he's just like, uh. Yeah, uh, like right when it hits home, when. When Anura yeah. got um what, beat whatever the fuck hit, up. yeah he got beat the fuck down. Curb <laughs> stomped. <laughs> and then I, I like how they showed how much of a bitch he is when he punches Thancred and Thancred's just like, oh you this fucking falcon punch. Yo, all you know what I learned about Thancred? He, so now he's been a fucking bard, a gladiator, a fucking rogue, a ninja, and now he's a fucking monk. That's what I've learned at this point. Because he's he does all his out, jobs, man. He doesn't pull out yeah, the daggers. He, once he punches he, a fucking good, cyclops man. in the he punches a fucking cyclops in the face. He uppercuts the damn thing and just yeah. runs off. He's like, get back to get back to the melee. I got this. <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking uppercuts the thing. You know, it's like I. It's like that's not how. That's not the animation for fucking for fucking uh, for Pin Chakra. That's basically what he did, but like super form. Oh man, 
But Amandalane was actually a pretty big center point. He was kind of supposed to represent uh, the entire state of Ishgard in this patch. He's Yeah, he's meant to represent the changing attitudes of the Highborn. Yeah. Yeah. And the new sort of responsibilities they're willing to take is that, you know, they've got the cushy life and all that. And it looks like for the time being, they're going to retain that. But Emmerich wants them to take some responsibility along with it. He also seems to be settling his personal problem with being the youngest son of the family mm. because he 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 it seems like he really is for Ishgard changing because he doesn't like that he was born into this family with no choice of who he could be or or what he could be which is mm. pretty common whenever whenever there's some sort of royalty quip there's always some sort of message about that and he's that guy now but yeah Dad, but you know, you I don't know who should have the the one that should have had the the real um you know younger child or, or problem child mentality would have been Osher Fall because he's the secret, you know, the secret bastard child. He's the one that should be salty. He's the one that should be plotting to fucking kill Atwarel for his inheritance. And, and, and um, he maybe was the, the only, he's the only fucking cool dude in the whole house. Yeah. But he's maybe, dead. Maybe, maybe that yeah. was, maybe that was about a little bit behind his smile. Yeah, but you know, you know what I mean. It's like oh, he was too busy. He was too busy creeping on people. Yeah, and Manolain is just a fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I thought I thought by the end of it, like him kind of coming to his own was interesting. Was interesting enough to watch. It was interesting yeah. to watch, but oh, he's. I was like, I hope he dies in the grand melee. I hope he dies. <laughs> I was. I, I hope was, he dies. You know what's starting to bother me? That we literally see nothing of the other three houses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the fact that now we're we're all about Ishgard and kind of screw everyone else. I'm like, hang on, no one consulted me here. <laughs> I remember you saying last week that you felt that the Warrior of White was kind of just conforming to everything around him and kind of going backwards on this whole goal yeah. to separate ourselves from everything. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's because he called us his friend. I can't say no now. Oh, right. It's because Emmerich is so fucking handsome and he said that he's going to have a drink with us. You think he seduced us into joining You know what was funny, though? Your character is like, Are, am I really going to have a drink with you? Like, they, when he says that, you look away and you're just like, what? <laughs> no. Emmerich, no, no homo. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then this grand melee is like, oh, man. That girl, she messed up the conference. Okay, let's have everyone fight. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was silly. I don't know. Like, I've I've been saying I've been saying for the longest time that the the best place to take the Dragon Song War arc would be involving the Garlands. Would be again. We first went into Coil. And, and found uh, uh, Twintania and said, holy shit, these guys had the ability to control dragons. We have to make sure that the Garlanes never find this. And now they have. It's everywhere in Azusla. And I feel like it would be the perfect sort of pivoting point for the Dragon Song War to have the Garlanes say, hey, we're going to go after this neuralinking technology. And suddenly all of Nidhogg's bitches being like, Oh my god, this is way more important than any any beef that Nidhogg has with Ishgard. We need to unite and we need to 
take these fuckers out of as as law. But the Garland has already seen, hasn't happened. They already they're already moving towards the bigger picture. Uh, they see something bigger than the dragon. They, they care more about they care more about the warring triad at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't think that that is a bigger picture. I think the the ability to take that neurolinking technology and to control the entire Dravanian horde would shit all over whatever power they're hoping to extract from the warring triad. Well, and I, somebody brought this up that um, does when he asked for the drink. So I thought this too, actually, when I was watching it. If they were just remembering the last time someone asked them to have a drink, and that was when Nanamo, fucking someone thought Alpha was gonna poison us. <laughs> no, I'm Emmerich. <laughs> oh, you know what's right. fucked up though? Literally, like two cutscenes later, you take a drink and you're fucking poisoned. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like you think you think we would have learned not to take drinks from strangers. Random strangers, yeah. Well, and and it's like as soon as it's, as soon as you walk in and you hear that the random barmaid has a voice actress, you're like, fuck, you're do like, not oh, trust her. She's important. Do not trust this barmaid. Don't drink that. <laughs> as soon as like as soon as you have a voice actor, you're important enough, like, to to just have just I can't I can't be involved with you, right now. So this Grand Melee happens, and I thought, actually, the Grand Melee, it was pretty interesting to see them introduce new rules and have to fucking give us a tutorial before a main story. I kind of felt like that's, it was kind of teasing towards the feast. Well, we saw pretty much the same thing in the, one of the, I think it was the Machinist level 50 job quest. You'd have to tell we me saw... I'm only 41. Well, it was, it was pretty much the same thing, although it had like a capture the flag element. They did the same thing there. They gave you this tutorial, but it was about the machinist guild wanting to kind of prove themselves as combatants. And they're all being, you know, people from the broom, all these lowborns. And uh, we had a competition in um, uh, Dragonhead and it was, it was pretty much the same thing as this against the Knights of, uh, I think it was the Knights of Halenart. And um, this, the, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty much the same thing. So I don't think it's necessarily teasing anything. Although it did seem to, it did seem to feel a little bit like a, a sort of alpha version of the feast. Didn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One target's focused. You kill that target. You get, yeah. the thing is in the feast, you don't focus the target to get more rewards. Just culling time gives you a target pretty much. Yeah. You gotta fuck that guy up. Um, at the same time, I wouldn't mind a mode that worked exactly like this. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a small little mode that worked pretty much exactly like this, but with like a bunch of NPC units mixed in with player units. Yeah. Kind of I, yeah, like, I a, think like that a MOBA. Would be fun. Give me a, it's like a yeah. MOBA. Yeah. I'll take it. Fuck put it. Some, put some more on top of it. Yeah. I know the I know the rules already. And I know that I like how <laughs> I was worried because when when you get to the when you get to Raubon at the very end, when you get your score above ninety and Raubon becomes the target, and then it stops everything, goes to the cutscene. It still has the fucking score in the top right like that matters anymore. When <laughs> it's pretty well, you can still see everyone else fighting in the background. Yeah, but your points don't change. I sat there and waited yeah. to see if my points changed. <laughs> <laughs> Raubon, it was pretty cool getting to fight Raubon, though. Like, it was... Uh... Yeah, that was a fun fight. Yeah. I like... Yeah, and, I, and like, I... I like how his special attack was called Immortal Flame. Mm. Like I would love to see uh, the Wandering Minstrel get in on that because he's like in character. The Wandering Minstrel would be all over that. Oh yeah, and getting a getting an extreme mode with him, would be an extreme funny. grand melee. But it's that funny how it, it's funny how um, Kane Sina and uh, Merwa just don't get involved at all. Well, because they, they're too cool. 
And, so they're, and they're not really fighters. Like, Rao Bond's not the leader of... Are you of, kidding they me? They used to be! Are you kidding me? Listen, Moonbrina's... No, we're not a fighter. Listen, Moonbrina literally shot two things in the face and we never saw no. him do anything again. I'm not sorry, um, Mer Merloab. Sorry, it's a Merlo thing. It's a Merlo Merlo's thing. done her, her fair share of combat. Yeah, in 2.2 when she shot one Sahagin in the face and then said, God, God, damn it all. And then that was the end of the... Never yeah, saw it we've, got, we've got a lot of implications about her and the fact that, you know, she found the new world and fought, you know, legions of fucking Mammal Jar and stuff while she was there. She's, she's a legend. Um, I think it's just uh, the statesmen sort of feel like it's kind of improper for them to be getting involved. You know what pretty, I mean? That'd be pretty fucked up if the, if two heads... Although, in the, by that respect, Amaric shouldn't be fighting either, really. But the, the only reason he does is because he's not an archbishop. He's, like, there is no full... Yeah, well, it sort, of, it sort of shows you that Amaric thinks of himself in the same way that, that Raban thinks of himself, is that they think of themselves as, like, servants of the state. Yeah, yeah. Amber, Whereas, even though he's technically in charge of it, he still doesn't fully. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't think of himself as as the, as the dude on top. Whereas the elder seeds is notorious for being for thinking themselves being well above everyone else, and uh, Merwood's the same. And despite her sort of. Uh, talks about democracy and stuff like that. I mean, Nanamo is not gonna get a Nanamo Nanamo has never touched a fucking weapon in her life. Imagine one patch, Nanamo just like all the she goes full like Tataru and just fucking starts like training for a fucking battle and like is actually like a god at it. Raubon trains her. Not well, like given, that. Not like given that. The, at the beginning of 2.0, we had Nanamo, you know, out in central Thanalan under a, a pseudonym with uh you know just one escort i thought that we were going to get like a little bit of that in her character progression like wanting to sort of explore the world and you know learn a trade or whatever but only real healers sit on their tank shoulders <laughs> <laughs> i reckon Connie county center would be scary i reckon i don't know well, I guess with Amdapur, maybe. I mean, you can see what white magic can do when we go yeah. into Amdapur. Yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, that, that was a pretty nice explanation. We might have time to talk about that a little bit later. So we have the conference after this grand melee, because now all the people are like, yes, we want to solve the war. We're united. Suddenly. <laughs> that did it. We're united. <laughs> Nick, Nick Minute. Um, so we have this conference with Vidofnir, which is a soft moment where apparently even the heretics are like, yeah, sure, yeah, we're, we're on board now. Um, and then it, <laughs> we unveil this, this monument of Shiva and Hreisvelger, and then the big moment happens where Vidofnir just fucking stands there, doesn't even turn to look at the guy, and I don't know why... <laughs> But Astinian appears again. You hear his voice, and then you see him in the red cloak, and you're like, something is really bad. Something really bad is about to happen. <laughs> and then you get the full body shot of him with Nidhogg's fucking eyes just poking out of his, like, left arm and his right shoulder, or his right arm and his left shoulder. And he fucking almost murders Vidofnir. I say almost, because apparently Vidofnir survived. Even yeah, Vidofnir yeah. survived. Vidofnir was supposed to survive. Yeah. It was a mess. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So how did we like Astinian's return? Um, it Abrupt. was... No, I think it was overdue. I was waiting for him 
to, to appear in that kind of form. I, I knew that there was going to be some sort of fusion between him and Nidhogg, and Nidhogg was probably going to be able to take his form. Although I was expecting it to be a little bit more subtle than that. Well, I guess it could be... I didn't expect it to be subtle at all. I mean, I didn't expect Estinian to walk up, hey guys, no, I'm fine, I got out of there. And then all of a sudden we find out later that he's not... No, I knew as soon as we saw Estinian... I would have been surprised if Square Enix had pulled that one on us. How'd you get out of there? Oh, you wouldn't believe it. I'll tell you another time. <laughs> but he just shows up and fucking wrecks everything. And you immediately know that it's Nidhogg and not Estinian. Yeah. Like, you don't yeah, question yeah. it for a second. That's a hell of a message for Nidhogg to send. Basically, he's saying next patch we is is the conclusion of the Dragon Song War because he's done. Yeah, he's, he's saying away. that he's done. He's like, all right, I'm done. Enough, enough playing but it around. Still doesn't answer. Where did he fly to <laughs> at the end of three point one or whatever it was? He just flies away. Oh, look at that snacks. Lots of lots of snacks apparently. Holy shit! There's like eight types of beef jerky here and a coffee soda. How long is your game? <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be playing D&D for like the next three days? <laughs> I mean, I, my sessions are going on like three hours, so... Long you, don't need, you don't need Holy that shit, many snacks. Holy shit, this coffee snacks. soda is amazing. Coffee soda? It reminds me of Coca-Cola Black, which was really good. I've never heard of that. It's real good. Here, look. See? You guys can't see it. You guys can see it yeah. on the screen. There we go. Hap coffee soda. That's what we're talking about here. Thank you. So Stinian. So right? Stinian, who's drinking coffee soda. <laughs> yeah, where, where did he fly off to? Where do we think he flew off to? Um, I still uh, think he flew off to find one of his... I think he's keeping something that he found. I think he's keeping it from us. To you know, He wants us to want to fight him, and then he just wants to unleash whatever he found, which is either one of his other brothers, one of, the, one of his other brethren who sympathizes with his cause, or it's some sort of other route. He didn't just fly away into the distance, do nothing, and come back. Well, here's, here's that's the thing. what he's been known to do. Thornton oh. drained at least one of his eyes pretty much dry. I don't um, know. They're limitless. They're supposed to be limitless. They are not limitless. They're, they're, they're like the Tupsumati. They're these ethereal batteries. They absorb ether over time, and they have a shitload of it um, because he's been absorbing it over the thousands past, of years, yeah. 20,000 years or whatever it is. Um, the, the point that Thornton was making is that the the ether in the eye was the equivalent of like billions and billions and billions and billions of crystals, and it was that to explain the the canonical power of the the primal thought and being so far above pretty much anything else. Um, so in defeating thought, and we must have used up a lot of that. We need to remember that he plunged Ascalon into the uh, the the generator or whatever it is and drew a lot of ether from the Warring Triad as well. But my suspicion is that wherever he flew back to, he flew back to to recharge, that he's got some kind of... Um, what's, what's the fate in um, in the Churning Mists? Uh, I can't remember the oh, dragon. Dark Scale? Yeah, Dark Scale. I think, he's, I think he's got something like that. that he's oh, like those dark got. crystals that make it so you can't do shit to him? Yeah, he's, he's gone off the to... The only fate to ever have mechanics, somewhere. by the way. <laughs> yeah. Mm. The only fate to ever have mechanics is fucking dark scale. I thought I think it's great fate. Oh, that's great fate. Also. I suspect that Nidhogg, wherever he's gone, he's going to recharge, and I think you might be right that it's the the 
you know, the domain or the equivalent area of uh, one of the other children of Midgard somewhere. The thing is, it's like when we see him before he flies off, obviously we don't see him, but like the player sees him when they show us cutscenes that our character's not actually in, so we'll be informed. Um, Mm. Both of his eyes light up full of ether before he flies off. Yeah. Mm. He looked like he had just woken up from said recharging nap Mm. and then just flew off to do something else. Yeah. Mm. And also, does that mean we're getting the airy hard mode next patch? (laughs) If he goes back to the airy, he's an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think he's gonna he go. He is an to... idiot. He we already know this. He is an idiot. If we, if we get Airy Hog mode, it'll be another Durgan. It'll be an, it won't be Nidhog. Nidhog is not an idiot. No. He hasn't convinced me. So Estinian's an idiot. The bit of Estinian in him is is dumb as shit. But <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but Nidhog's not an idiot. Okay, so if we're saying that Nidhog's going to one of his kin or brethren or whatever you want to call it. Who's next? Um, I mean, Shinryu is still the missing, supposedly the missing brethren. Like we, every time we talk about Nidhogg, there's, we there's talk one more though. Oh, are you um, saying Fafnir? I think I think Fafnir. Fafnir. Yeah, Fafnir. Yeah, and let's let me let's be clear. In Final Fantasy XI, Fafnir and Nidhogg appear in the same area, and it's called I, area, um, and it's called the Dragon's it's, Fairy. It's, it's actually worth mentioning here that um, uh, on the. No, 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 no. On, on the official forums, uh, Koji at the moment, he's, he's gradually updating. A lot of the questions he was supposed to answer in the, in the live letter 27, but didn't he's get not to. getting them on the forums at the moment. And one of them was about the seven and where are these other two dragons. He didn't name drop. He did say that uh, we shouldn't expect to see all of them in Heaven's Ward and that they have plans for at least one of them Shame. further down the track. So, I yeah, Sh- I mean, Shinryu would be the one I'd imagine sense. they'd save. Yeah, yeah, Shinryu makes sense. Although I w- I was expecting to see Omega Weapon turn up in three point five or three point five five. Yeah. Um. So maybe Shinryu will be involved with you know four point Um. But again, we just got to think that that it's not super likely that we'll see. I've either Fafnir or um, or Shinryu. I mean, we've hardly had any commune with Race Velga. Surely we've got to bring Race Velga back into the story. But we need an intermediary Race Velga, though. That's we've got one. We've got one. But we've here's got the Vidofnir. thing: we've got Vidofnir, Race Velga's uh, eldest daughter, whom Nidhogg has just assaulted. Yeah, and that's the right? big thing. So my theory has been since we got the trailer for 3.0 and um, they told us that every not every scene in there would be enacted from 3.0. That final scene where, we, where we're fending off the dragons of Ishgard, that's the, I think that's going to be our trial of 3.3. That's going to be Nidhogg's attack. That's going to be Nidhogg's attack on Ishgard. And they make it seem I... like it's, it's imminent after we get there. It's kind of yeah. just like a scene that never actually happens. But I think you're probably right. However, I would have thought that we not want it to come to that and we'd want to get to Nidhogg before he came anywhere near Ishgard again. I don't think that's going to work. And Amaric seems to have considered that as mm. well. Because Amaric whispers something under his breath and we don't know what it is. Mm. Uh, and then towards the end it shows when, um, when um, what's his name? Uh, who's telling, he, the, what's the fucking father of House Fortomp? Yeah, Edmond. He where he does his normal like, which by the way is still one of my favorite aspects. Whenever they wrap up a patch, they use his his, sort of his journal entries Mm -hmm. to kind of to kind of pull it all together. 
Yuzi's uh, captain's log. I don't know. I've, I, that's one aspect about the patch I've liked. It kind of puts it in a past perspective. And yeah, I'm like still that. wondering where the present is. And it'll probably be... I guarantee you at the end of 3.55, it shows him close the journal. Or some shit. <laughs> I'm going to be so mad if it does. That's so fucking cheesy. No, it's not. It's just like a slow, a slow zoom out and he like closes it and he like gets up. And, and so the next the chapter begins in our hero's adventure close. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's going to come to that scene and I have a feeling that Hrace Velger is not going to be afraid of Nidhogg. Hrace Velger is going to be like, I gave you my fucking eye. I have it back now. Okay, asshole. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that what's happened to Vidoff here now is going to be enough to, to tip Hrace Velger over the edge. And, and it seems like, like the people uh, aren't against the dragons anymore. They're only against Nidhogg. They just want Nidhogg gone because they That's kind of... That's a Nidhogg. And it seems like Amric has accepted that as well. Amric has accepted, it doesn't matter if I want peace with the dragons, he oh, has yeah. to go. Amric's definitely... He was so mad. He's definitely accept'd that. Yeah. So it seems like, oh, but that's United Ishgard. That's another, it looks like a disaster of a conference, but if anything, it's probably the strongest the best outcome. Point. The, well, not the best outcome necessarily. Obviously, you could have had peace with Hrace Felger and still stopped Nidhogg without that happening. You're, look, you're right. Yeah, it's United Ishgard. But again, if it was the Galen thing, it would have united <laughs> all of them. Why didn't they fucking because do that? Nidhogg's, Nidhogg's an asshole. That's why. It doesn't matter where they had gone. Nidhogg is too blinded with rage. And he doesn't blame the Garleans. He blames Ishgard. That's mm. all he blames for. He's like, I don't care. They're gonna destroy Ishgard for me. Take the dragons. Just, I just, I'll just take care of this all on my own. Mm. He doesn't care. He'll do, if they all abandoned him, he would just do it on his own. <laughs> he doesn't care at all. I and think, I think Emmerich's gonna get the killing blow. I think so too. Yeah, and and That's I think uh, I think Estinian's dead. I think Estinian's dead. Emmerich's gonna get the killing blow. Estinian's dead. We're not bringing him back. Alpha is gonna have to fucking deal with it. And then he'll get Tupsamani. Anyway. <laughs> so, okay, so this all wraps up with Asidian and Nidhogg's return. And then we get a few of those little teaser scenes at the end. Now, mm -hmm. the one that I feel had the biggest impact was the Warrior of Darkness overseeing the conference and Thancred following him away from the conference. Because Thancred is in a state where he wants to save Minfilia and he will do anything. And mm -hmm. Warrior of Darkness directly opposes Hydaelyn. He might be looking to uh, he might be looking to do some stupid shit that he is not that he is gonna regret at some point. I think he's in a desperate state and he is he is gonna look for help in the worst place. I think he can hold his own against the warriors of darkness. I, I don't think he, he wants to fight them. I think he wants their assistance because he probably thinks the only way to get Mithilia back at this point is for Heidelin. Uh, now you now you're sounding a bit like of a reach. Sly. Now you're sounding like Sly with Moonbreeder. No, well yeah. I mean I think Thancred thinks that about Moonbreeder. I don't think that this will work, but I think that he's I think that Thancred's looking in some dark places for some help to get Minfilia back. Mm. Because if anyone understands Heidelin, it'd be the people who understand her polar opposite. But Saying saying the Warriors of Darkness understand Heidelin is like saying we the Warriors of Light no, understand. No, no, he wants to go through the Warrior of Darkness to get to the Asians again. He's been under their oh. control again. Yeah, but yeah. he could just go to Urianjay though. If he, he doesn't really know won't. he can go to Urianjay, he hasn't seen Urianjay in God knows how long because that motherfucker's been hanging out with the Asians. <laughs> that dude has been missing from the story outside of those like two scenes. He's just been like, yeah, you know, you know. 
Okay. <laughs> and no one's even wondering, like, where is he? What? Where's Where's Alize? Why hasn't Alize told anyone about this? And that's another thing is that we you said earlier. I mean, that cu- the scene with the two cups where Alfado just and Alfado is is by the way an idiot at the end of everything because he's like so. Matoya told me that I have to accept that people will die. Oh, he completely ignored Matoya. (laughs) Completely ignored it. He's like, yeah, you know what? Matoya said this stuff, but uh, we're going to save Estudian, you know? Even even if it means letting me... He's hopefully optimistic. He is going to get a... Like, I can't wait for his next Rude Awakening. Before the fall was his first Rude Awakening... This, he's going to have another one real soon. I think, and I agree with that, but I think that's going to be his breaking point. That's going to be his... I think his he's going to die at this rate. He's going to be the one to finally figure not, it all he's out not and sacrifice die. himself. I don't think he's going to die. I think and then Alice is going to get thrust in his place. I think Alpha Nova will come to his, his kind of turning moment, kind of like Dancred did, and he'll become a little bit more battle-hardened and come to realize that be a and make him a better leader, a better man. But I, it, it's going to take one more moment, and I, and I think it's not going to be the next patch, but the packs, the patch after that that he PAX, comes to. Pax East, Pax, Pax South. Okay. Uh, I think I think he's becoming a bit of a burden at the moment. I think at this point, Alphano, Alphano, like in two point Alphano was like the Charlene that like knew all the Charlene things, but. We don't need that anymore. Like we, we, we probably know more than he does at the moment about Alig and the, and you know the workings of of the live stream and whatnot. I don't know. He's he's a real, um, yeah, he's a real piece of work at the moment. <laughs> and I, I mean, we got to get Alice back in the picture. I think he needs her back in the picture. I think we saw that kind of at the end of uh, the Bahamas. Yeah. I think we need Alize. Alize is so much more confident than him. Yeah, I think that at the end of at the end of the Bahamut storyline, we kind of came to the realization that Alize was actually, even though Alpha, it looks like Alpha knows the one who props her up for it because of the scene with Louis Soir. Yeah, um, no, Alize. Like, uh, honestly, and it just really came to me. Honestly, I think Alpha No and Alize are a complete leader, and it T twelve the end of T twelve. And right, right before T13 kind of symbolized that, how they came to the, together and, you know. Um, they're they they, they're going to literally fuse. No, they're not going to become Charlayan Prime. They complete each other. They, they complement each other as a leader. And they Louis Swab Prime? Prime. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it'd be like Assian Prime, except to be Charlayan Prime. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, yeah, but they, they complement themselves, like, each other as leaders, and they're, like, them they together. Even, they're even in the same triple triad card. Yeah. <laughs> but it's simply, but yeah, I think they're they're a complete leader. Alpha No What's that triple triad card? Is it is it even on all sides? I don't remember. Oh no. I think, I think, it's, like, I think it's even if it's like on five, 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 then slides onto something. No, like it's that. it's stronger than that. They're like it's like S nine. It's like A nine something something. Right. <laughs> they, they, it's a yeah. pretty. I know because Rowena, Rowena uses it very often. Yeah. Rowena loves using that card. I love going up against Rowena when she uses that card. Have either of you got the Brute Justice card yet? No. No. Fuck, it's so You good. know what it's happened? Like, it's 8888. So, you know what I realized? I rolled on the Echidna card today, and then I remember that I won it before <laughs> the patch. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry to the 23 other people who I took that card from. <laughs> it drops every time. So you just got to take it to Gold Saucer and just trade it in for MGP. 
Oh yeah, they're nine nine three three or nine three three nine or something like right, that. Right. So they, they so they're not a complete. Alpha knows the three, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, together. He's bringing a, down. <laughs> a, together, a complete leader, though. Together, together she's they both equal. Him. Together, they both equal fucking twenty-two. I'm sorry, uh, twenty-four. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but no. that's yeah. And then there's two final. There's so after that, there's two more final pieces. We have Amerik's price for peace, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. kind of the underlying thing. Is he he's some he's going to give something up at some point to to win this war. The question is what Lucia. I know. Madeline. Yeah, give him up. That's not a price. That's a fucking. That's a sale. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Amrick's price for peace, and he seems whatever it is. He looks at Lucia before he gives the command, and then he says it, and then he just sits there like, "Shit, can't believe I have to do this." Whatever it is, he thought up. We're so some kind of new Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, he's gonna become he's Thornton. Gonna he's gonna away. become. He's gonna become Thornton again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have this was interesting so when we go back to Alamigo Ida seems to be gaining too much trust with the Alamigans is the first thing and, pa- and Papalimo's like you, you need to calm down please but mm. then they cut to some dude who picks up a mask and that's all we see I thought I recognized that mask so and I. I, was like, I was like whose fucking mask is that and I was like looking at different Final Fantasy characters and then I was like oh it's Vega Street Fighter that's what I said. Crossover confirmed. Yep. Street, we're getting a Street Fighter Five promo. Well, I mean, you guys already saw the fighting mode from the one live letter. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. 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 Vega's gonna be a feature. Now so, I've, uh, I've seen that theory that it's Nero. Yeah, I think I think the contenders are Nero, Gaius. Did we ever catch that Nero. dude who killed that guy? Remember the the fucking assassin that killed that guy? For when we were investigating, uh, what's his name, uh, in Uldah. The guy with the bow and arrow who just disappeared. Did we ever apprehend that guy? Oh, um... The assassin that was, like, off in the distance. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he got... I'm Ilbert, sure he Ilbert's I'm, another one. I've seen Ilbert. Yeah, Ilbert, well. I was about to say. Um, I'm pretty sure he got knocked off by one of, um, uh, Taleji's agents to sort of cover his tracks. But did we see his hand, though? No, you see, you see his hand in a glove. I, just, I, I, like, I like the theory that it's the merchant. We're at the end of every expansion. We're just going to run I, into that I hope, I hope. I think it's most likely to be Ilbert. If, if it's someone that we already know, it's, it's just as likely to be someone that we haven't met yet. Um, but I really hope it's Gaius. It's not fucking Gaius, dude. Gaius is dead. He's dead as dicks, man. It's confirmed. He's not dead. He's dead as dicks. His dicks are dead, okay? And even if he was, what's he doing with the Alamegans? <laughs> he obviously... His, his, his motivation is he thought that, uh, that we needed the Empire in order to take care of the primals and eliminate those threats or whatever. He realized and he admitted it at the end of uh, 2.0. He was like, all right, I've been duped by the Asians. I guess the Warrior of Light is the one that's really... The, the one that's got his shit together. So if, if Gaius is around, he's on our he side. He would be on our side, yeah. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me. And, and again, people who hide their face. It's always a character it. you know. Well, it's, it's, always, it's always a fucking Galen, isn't it? 
Um, or Someone who, else. Yeah, who has to hide their, their um, which is why yeah. I thought Ida was p p potentially a, a Garlean. We only yeah, saw her I, eye. I was we didn't thinking see her the same forehead. thing for a while. Um, but that's also why it doesn't really make sense to be Ilbert, because why would Ilbert be hiding his face? He's, he's exactly. a, a, a he's no. patriot. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll accept that. The strong so, guy weak. Well, overall, I, I like this better. It, it's crazy how much you get done in such a short period of time when you don't have to go through the fucking Sylph lands for an entire patch for fucking six hours doing quests. 2.3 is still the only patch I, I'm salty with because it was, like, <laughs> it, was, it, it was eight hours to finish that story because of the Sylph lands. Uh, it was all right. No, it wasn't. Anyway, oh, and running around Mordona just talking to people like, hey, do you like this? Do you like us? Do you trust us? Please? Do you? That was important. We had to build some. No, it wasn't. It was as important as it was as important as us checking the status of the people around the fucking Falcon's Nest. It was as important as that. I I think that we needed some rapport with the Crystal Braves, and we needed to care when they turned against us. We didn't need to feel betrayed. So I think that that was important. I don't feel. I felt betrayed, and but you know what? I wasn't thinking. Man, I sure bonded with those guys in two point three. <laughs> and those three lines of dialogue. <laughs> I definitely wasn't thinking that. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so we're going to move on from the main story and talk about a part that I enjoyed a lot, which was Alexander Midas. The, sec the second, the second chapter in the Alexander story. This took a lot of turns really fast. Like, this, this, all of this turned into an ordeal very quickly. <laughs> and they explained a lot of names. I'm so glad they finally explained the names of the fucking people. And one. Him. <laughs> him. I'm still him. just calling him him. 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 They don't even hour. You know when she asks, when they ask her what his name is, she doesn't say anything. And the only way you find out is she says it to herself in the middle mm. of the fourth, in the middle of the knot. And it's like, oh, that's what his name is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just. So do you actually think that Wedge awoke the second arm? <laughs> First of all, I gotta ask that. He uses the elemental jammer. It looks like it explodes. Something happens. And then, hey, my other arm works. <laughs> so this is our doing? They explained that it was already like building up and that it was just like a little kind of spark. Um, so no, it wasn't, it wasn't his fault, but like we needed a reason why it suddenly came out now as opposed to any other time, so just as we're talking about it. Which is why when we get towards the end of talking about Midas, we're going to wonder why we didn't just immediately get the, what's the mother's name that, you, that you've been predicting the last part's going to be called? No, I've been predicting. Yeah, you predicted it. What was it? Did I? You predicted what? Because you said if you said Gor, you said what is it? Gordius. Midas is the son of Gordius, or Gordius is the son of Midas. Yeah. Midas is the son of Gordius, and nobody knows their father's name. So nobody knows the father's name. So what's the mother's name? I thought I thought that we basically concluded that it, that it was just going to be called Alexander. I don't think it is because they they refer to they refer to it in the um the cutscenes. They talk about there's the. Uh, the, the three kings, they're talking about um, Midas, Gordius, and Alexander. Oh, okay, there you go. And they're saying that it seems like the, the areas are named after the three kings. There's Midas, Gordius, and then there's Alexander proper. So I, I think that the center is just going to be Alexander. I wonder if they'll just call it Alexander. Like, it's just Gordius, Midas, and Alexander. Because it's called yeah. Alexander of the son of the father. And it's not going to be of the Holy Spirit. So, like... <laughs> Like, I know. thought it was really interesting that they made uh, Midas and Gordius canonical 
like pretty much in the same sort of capacity as their as their like real you know life. real myths. Yeah, yeah. So that was quite interesting and incredibly lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Just so saying. After we wake up the arm, we do the usual thing. Where it's like, guys, we got to stop it. <laughs> yeah. Guys, we got to go in there. We got to shut it down, man. We got the same thing we've been doing since coil. Like, hey, we found another coil. We should probably go in there and stop them. <laughs> and then we learn story along the way, pretty much. We learn of Maid or Mide, whatever the fuck you want to call her. Uh, we learn what that she was actually an asshole the whole time. Which we kind of, you know, we kind of yeah, knew. we kind of suspected because yeah. she knew quick things. She's she's a time. reformed asshole, but not quite as reformed as what we thought she was. Yeah. So we find out that her intentions were originally to use the Illuminati to bring back Alexander. And then use us also to go inside of Alexander once they had brought Alexander back, pretty much. She used us both for different reasons. And all because when they summoned him three years ago, her master got sucked into the core before Alexander disappeared because the Enigma Codex shattered. Pretty much in a nutshell. They put it together, they summoned Alexander, it killed everyone except her, gave her a scar, sucked her leader in, and then peaced out when the Enigma Codex broke. Yeah, it's, it's like um, absorbed his essence. And I think that he, that's probably going to come to the front. We're probably going to have to fight him like as Alexander is that we're going to realize that, that he is sort of, I guess, the soul of Alexander now. He's, he's in control and, um, and he's still going to have that original motivation that he had, that he was sort of his leading. perfect world. Mide. Yeah, Mide, down and Mide is going to have to come to the conclusion that he's sort of evil. So, so you think it's kind of uh, similar to what Nail was to uh, Bahamut? Yeah, except the other way around. I think that, um, I, I think that uh, what's his name, him, Dayan? I think that Dayan is going to be the one that's in control, whereas with Nail... It was very much behind it. Yeah. That was what was strange to me, is they summoned this primal. And normally when you summon a primal, there's some sort of tempering process or there or just something else. He was summoned with this Enigma Codex, which clearly has a large amount of ether involved with it. And on top of that, well, we learned about some we learned about its other powers, what it's actually capable of. Yeah, and, and he later. was he. We were told that the goblins were using crystals. They had been using crystals. You can, you can see the crystals over in there uh, in the yeah. the maker's quarter. You can see those exactly. giant crystals got, strapped yeah, to the and wall. they got boxes everywhere. Um, and furthermore, in terms of in terms of tempering, he doesn't need to temper anyone because the goblins worship him. But I mean, back when they summoned him years, what is it? Three years ago, I think they said. How many, however yeah. many years ago when they summoned They summoned and they yeah. just used the code. They're just like, hey, we have the codex. Let's summon this fucking primal. And then he well, sucks it was, one of them it up. It was because the way, the way that Mide describes it is it's like, it, it was like a cult. You know, they were like Scientologists or something. And their, their idea of, of this sort of perfect world that Alexander would bring had the same sort of fervor as uh, worshipping a god. It was, it was effectively the same thing. It was but they when they brought like, him up, he killed them all. <laughs> He was like, and then yeah, sucked, but, and then absorbed one of their souls. Only one of their souls he absorbed. Yeah. He killed all the rest. That's what I don't understand. When they summoned Alexander, what, what were, like, Alexander very clearly had a motive when he came out the first time. Mm. What happened? Like, what was actually going on? I don't, I don't know if he had a motive or they were just, they just didn't know how to work him. 
The goblins didn't until now. They haven't had complete control because they just completed the codex. Yeah, but he also hasn't been completely aligned. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I think that uh, that what Dayan did is that he's he's activated it and then been like, oh shit, what do we do now? And they just haven't been able to control. I think it's been more like a lo- logistics error than anything else. Is that they've just been like mashing buttons and they've accidentally pressed one that fucking kills everyone. So now. <laughs> So now that we know what we know about Dion, can we really consider Alexander to be this mindless automaton that we, we've called him thus far? I think Dion's going to wake up. And I think Dion's going to wrest control from the goblins. Yeah, we're going to have another fight against Quick Fix. That's for damn certain. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad. Like, as I, I expected Quick Fix to die this patch. I did originally predict that. I was hoping you would. He's I was boring. originally predicting Quick Thinks would die and Alexander would rest control, but it looks like if that does happen, it's not going to be until... I think Dion will be the one who ultimately kills Quick Thinks. All thoughts. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I, he's, I such hope so. A, oh, he's such a boring character. Uh, and then, so we, so we have Dion. We're already predicting Alexander's core to have something to do with that one. Because he got sucked in. Obviously, he got sucked into the core. He's there. Yeah. They've, they've alluded to it enough at this point. He mm-hmm. is going to, him in a, as a manifestation of Alexander will be the final boss. I think we've co- pretty much come to that conclusion. Sure. Um, but then we find out what the barrier's original purpose was and that it has done that purpose, has done absolutely nothing to serve its purpose. <laughs> she created this barrier to contain Alexander, and as soon as she created the barrier, the Enigma Codex shattered and Alexander broke free of, and he was just yeah. either. Well, the only thing it's done is stopping people from getting in. Yeah, it didn't do a very good job. No, because we still got in. We still... No. Yeah. And, we, and we know that barrier is going to break next patch. We know that already because it's this final picture of Alexander has been shown where the barrier is gone. So we know that yeah. that barrier is going to disappear next patch also. Yeah, so... I'd say so. Plus, we've already seen Alexander, like, full on anyway. That's what I'm saying. We, well, I've, especially if you've glitched through the wall and gone down and seen his dick. But that's besides the point. Yeah. What? They got rid of it. You can't do that yeah. anymore. They, they, oh, right. They, so we are, we are allowed to talk about that now? Uh, what the fuck? It's not like we couldn't talk about it before. Oh, no, no. We get Every- stuck into people for, like, uh, abusing terms of service by glitching through walls and stuff like that. As long as you report it. Mm. You, can't, you can't avoid something like that getting out. Like, once we know yeah. it's down there, we know it's down there. Yeah, once, once we know that Alexander's got a dick, we got to fucking see it for ourselves, right? <laughs> Which is why I almost felt like his core, like, we're not going to end in his chest. Like, he is so, like, they designed so much of his body for his lower half mm. that it's like, I feel like we have to go all the way down, pretty much. His core is not mm. in his chest, it's down further. Giggity. How you doing? <laughs> um, and on top of that, apparently Round Rocks has the ability to control the Enigma Codex. We learned about that kind of back at 3.05 when he's just like, I have... He's got a pure heart. He's got a pure heart and an open mind. Look, I have this piece. Oh, look, I can read it. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's, I guess you can do that. That's all right. And then, that's, and then Quick thinks it's just like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. The future, I can tell. This motherfucker's time traveling. That was the weirdest thing. All of a sudden, to find out that this motherfucker, this bubble, like around Alexander, yeah, just is all of a sudden, it's controlling time apparently, and it's re- and they're using. And the no Enigma one had codex. noticed before. Yeah, and Enigma, the Enigma Codex is being used to reverse time and prevent Alexander from ever 
losing his ether and undoing the damage done to his knots in Gordius and Midas. Time mage confirmed. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, that's what's going to happen. We're going to finish Alexander, the Enigma Codex is going to snap, and then in 4.0, we're going to find a piece of it, and we're going to use it to manipulate It's going to be Soulstone. There you go. That's gonna, our Soulstone is going to be a piece of the Enigma Codex. Uh, there you, you go. You heard it here first. And then, it's like, that was the whole thing. His quick things is just like... You're gonna, I'm going to get that back in like five seconds. Four, that was just three, too coincidental. Two, no. one. No, that five. wasn't even a time thing. That wasn't even a time thing. That was just too fucking coincidental. I'm like, nothing no. is nothing is a coincidence if it's already been seen. Just like Quick Think said. He's just like, I know the future. <laughs> and apparently he knows the future because he's been so right how, about how it. Gonna, how he's just a televangelist that? to me. How are we, we going to break that? How are we going to break the future? We go inside Alexander, we shut off his center core. We've time traveled before. Yeah, but we don't have Louis Swa anymore, and Tupsamati is broken uh, in three we, pieces. Well, wait, hang on, hang on. We gave uh, Sid his goggles. We have time traveled with the Echo. There's got to be an explanation for why we, you know, defy quick things and, and find a way around it, and he's going to be like, what are you? <laughs> well, remember, be... they do have a 0.03% chance of failure. Oh, of course. Well, we're, we're, we're going to be we're that. that. We're that margin of error. I'm sorry, was that 0 0.3? 0 0.03. Uh, 0.03. Yeah. No. Was that 0.3 slide? No, not exactly. Not exactly. <laughs> it's one tenth well, I think, of I think, I think that it's going to come back into the, the echo is going to play an important role here in terms of defeating him. Something's got to give because fucking time's being reversed. Round rocks can read. Uh, fucking quick things can see the future. And this mm. barrier is doing nothing because Alexander could just walk outside of it. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a bit. Oh. I'm just going to put my hand on Oh, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to stay inside that? Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's How like, embarrassing. What? How embarrassed she must be looking at someone just well. drawn like a chalk line around him. Well, I mean, to be fair, she would never know. She never knew if it worked or not because she made the barrier yeah, and then he just disappeared. So yeah, obviously, of course, of course. yeah. And then the uh, her her final words are to erase the past, a clean slate. Those were Dion's final words, pretty much before before he got absorbed into Alexander. So Alexander mm. seems to be. It's not just the Enigma Codex, I'm assuming, out that it's just all part of that, as you said, perfect picture. Mm. They've only, do you think they've manifested Alexander with these powers because of the belief in the Enigma Codex? You think yeah. it's kind of their, their result that he's able to manipulate time with it more yeah. so than it's just anything else? So can I just believe in time travel and just get it every time? Because I would love that power. If you believe in a time-traveling primal and a bunch of other people do as well, then sure, apparently, that's how it works. There you go. Retconned! There we go. I was, I was happier with the story, but I still feel like they played it too safe. Yeah, it was better. Um, I, I, was, I wasn't happy uh, with it because of the story, but I feel like the story felt better because the fights were good and the locations were beautiful and it sort of gets you more excited, gets you more involved, you know what I mean? I yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think the uh, aesthetic got me a little more hype for the story, even yeah. though the story was a little yeah. bit... It, it, it was better than three, uh, 3.5, 3.05. Yeah. It, but it still, it still let me down in terms of... It sounds, 
It sounds horrible, but we, like as a community, we need to lower our expectations of, of future raid storylines after, after the coil. Because <laughs> there's just, there's no way you can expect them to top that. Um, it had an entire failed game behind it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we can, we should, we should, and we will be expecting, you know, well-written storylines. But um, I don't know. We, uh, I don't think they're going to top Coil. Shinryu. To be fair, I still feel like that's the thing. If if like if Nail Van Darnus never appeared in the second Coil, people would have said second Coil fucking sucked. <laughs> that's the thing. So we, we, are you saying we always need that, that primer? Like imagine if it was if it was a character other than Nail that appeared. Like if Nail just was no part of the Binding Coil, I feel like it immediately like it would have held no like a lot less power to me. But because as soon as you see him at the because first Coil, like I said, had no fucking story. It was we're going in there, we're gonna stop the Garleans from using. Oh, what my grandfather and Nail are here. Okay, but I I, I found I found that that uh, Garland story. I found that quite um. And then it was completely irrelevant by the end of the. Turn five. Pretty well, it wasn't. Easy. It wasn't irrelevant. We'd realized that the Garlands in Aeorzea were had nowhere near the um, technology. Yeah, the, the 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 sort of military capability to get into one of the coils. We were like, all right. I mean, they're not going to fucking beat Twin Tanya. So. <laughs> Yeah, but then you get the second call, and it's like, okay, this story here, okay, nail. Yeah. Like if, if if it was not nail, I would not have been excited until. But finally. it was nail. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. That, There's like, that's what I'm saying. Main story. That's what if you. But that's really, what I'm saying. If if you look at, if you look at the story, okay, mm-hmm. the story is completely dictated by pulling on 1.0 characters and making it interesting. If you just take the story outside of that bubble where it's Nail and Louis Swad, oh my god, like these characters that disappeared in 1.0, what happened? Sure. If you just tell that story of us going into the quail, stopping Bahamut, there's a... But there's that's, forces that's, of, because, that's because they, they prepared for it and they... For fucking three years. Yeah, but, but it, it, it didn't have to have been three because, years. Like, that's what I'm saying, though. First coil story sucked. One First Alexander story sucked. Second yeah, because coil, there was no lead up to it. Second, yeah. second coil story was only good because of because of the very end. Because of the which, connection. Because of the connection. Honestly, mm. if it if we had had just some one semblance more of a connection in Alexander Midas, I probably would have put it on par of second coil. It just so you there's, like no, with, there's not enough with, characters that have had anything built up before. That's the only thing I feel held it back because the story being told is not any worse. I feel or any better than the coil story. It's just the characters are infinitely more interesting in coil's hmm. story. So are you saying with future quote unquote coil like what we're calling Alex future now, future raid stories? Yeah, raid, future raid stories should be pulling from all things that have been set up. Yeah. I wouldn't say pull from old things, but pull from set really it up, set it up ahead of time. Don't just throw the characters at me and then expect yeah. me to get get interested in it. Four give us X death. Yeah, there you go. Give us, we, give, we, it, give us a smashed island of Baldassian and give us X death. There you go. Yeah, I'd say good. I'd say Voidark is the first place where they got me. In, well, they got the thing is they got you invested by bringing back Diabolos and bringing back like a character you recognize in Kate Sith because you recognize that character. I got invested in Voidark immediately. But we shouldn't have to rely on like content to rely on other content. The problem is we already do. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you, that's how you build a good story. That's how you build a good story. You make it so that it's not in a bubble out away from the rest of the world. That at some point exactly it's, it's is that you plan ahead and you yeah. and you leave you know little. The Brett runs. Yeah. Ahead of yeah. time. There you go. 
I feel like that builds a stronger story. Like, Crystal Tower was in its own bubble, but it used it used Sid. I feel Sid and Nero were were its points yeah. that kind of drew yeah. you into it and their relationship. Yeah, and the and the same thing with Voidark is that the literal Voidark was something that we'd never heard of before we saw it drifting around the Sea of Clouds. However, we had a lot of unanswered questions about the War of the Magi and about this third mysterious... They used the lost uh, city of Amdapur, Amdapur that, Keep. They, they got you that, invested. All of that was to hype for the Voidark. Yeah, they got you invested. Alexander just popped out of the water at one point. Yeah. And, and from that point... Like, I, Right. Yeah, it's like, oh, why is that barrier there? Oh, there's a primal. <laughs> like, okay. that was the end of it. It's, like, even just breaking it out, like, talking about Voidark like that, talking about Coil and talking about, like, all these other stories had relationships that were built up prior and then put into these new places. Alexander didn't have that. It had a bunch of fucking goblins. The closest we had to building a relationship there was Brayflox. That is the yeah. closest thing that we fucking mm. had to building a relationship before going in there. And don't tell me Biggs and Wedge because those motherfuckers are just clowns every time. And we've learned now that there wasn't even, like, I was suspecting there isn't even a Charlene connection. It's not even like it was a Charlene super weapon that they were planning to use against the Galileans before before they were forced to flee, before they could complete it or whatever. It's not, no, no, just some outrad dude. Yeah, and that's another thing. What were the Alra doing there three years ago <laughs> when we just found out about their ass? And and this Alra from a hundred years ago that wrote the Enigma Codex. First, what, what is he? Is that I mean, I mean, this might be a breadcrumb for something later on, hopefully. But, Maybe. Um, yeah. Hmm. All I know is I'm still more excited about the Void Arc story than I am about Alexander. I agree. Agreed. Hmm. And then we have the final bit of a story, the most important bit, and probably the shortest bit, and that was Hildebrand. Of course Which, it was short. This was, this was pretty funny. It only took me about 12, 15 minutes to get through. Mm -hmm. about, about two hours ago. After what Sly said about it um, last week, I was, like, I was like really hyped to go and do it, and now I'm just like, yeah, I can wait until I'm done with... Literally, it'll take you 10 yeah, it'll, 15 minutes. It's yeah. all yeah. So, in a nutshell... You run into Godbird at House Fortomp because Nashu is looking for Hildebrand and Ishgard because she calculated his trajectory with the sword. Which he doesn't have, by the way. So I don't know where the fuck that sword went somewhere between the end of 2.5 and now. <laughs> then you run into Seer, who is a dude who works with, the, with, works with the church and they're trying to prove that the church and its ability to weed out heretics is still important. And the he thinks Spanish Hildebrand's a, Inquisition. And he, they, he thinks Hildebrand is probably... He thinks everyone's a heretic. heretic. He's like, if I don't know who you are, you're a heretic. That's all I know. I just need you to be... Please be a heretic. He's like, please be a heretic. I need a reason to be useful. Um, and he seems kind of be, to be like our... Um, what was the guy's name? Briardian. Uh, what? What? Briardian. Yeah, Bright he's our he's our, our Briarden of, of this uh series pretty much. Although Briarden's in Ishgard, so I don't see why we couldn't run into him either. I'm sure. No, I'm sure. sorry, he's busy. He's, he's he's not our Briarden, he's our um what's the what was the main villain's name from the last one? The woman who we found out at the end was Oh the, the journalist. Villain. The journalist. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's our journalist equivalent pretty much at this point. I don't remember her name. Um and then <laughs> you randomly run into the gentle dead men. He's supposed to be a gentleman, but he's dead. And he's just like, I'm a zombie, and zombies, well, there's not many of us. So we were looking for a new home, found out that all the dead people here are, like, perma-dead. So, and he talks to you like he's just a regular guy. Like, it's not like a zombie at all. 
he tries to pull Hildebrand out of the ground. He's like, I think my arms are gonna, I think my arms are gonna fall out of my sockets. And he's like, I think rigor mortis is setting in. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of jokes about his body. He's a, he's a cool dude. He's saved us a few times already. He's pretty funny. The zombie gentleman sworn under Hildebrand, as I call him. And every cutscene, Godbert just loses clothes for no reason. Like you see that, that, him fully robed. His, his power comes from no, him. but here's the thing. He starts in Not like uh, he starts in his clothes. robe, like in his yeah. like he he goes as an emissary to Ishgard in his full robe. The very next cutscene, with no explanation, he's wearing his gentleman tux with his shorts. The very next cutscene, he's only wearing the like the here like underwear top looking mm -hmm. thing, and then he just transforms and he's only in his underwear. <laughs> he just loses clothes the entire time. <laughs> And then Hildebrand finds a Vivi lookalike, calls him Gigi. He finds a mammoth that looks like Vivi, doesn't remember what it is. He calls it Gigi because it makes that sound, even though all mammoths make that sound. That sound. And then there's a new mystery man who looks over you and they say, see you next time. There, I just saved you about eight and a half minutes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's pretty, so... it's pretty hilarious the whole time, though. I got to admit, it was entertaining. Even though it was really short, it was a very entertaining 15 minutes. So yeah, with haven't. that with that short introduction, when do you think we're gonna get more? He, we better have more. That's not the kind yeah. of shit that can wait till three point four. This motherfucker's gotta be back at three point three. Yeah. But then what the hell are they doing with the Scholastic? <laughs> Maybe they'll put Scholastic and. I still, the I still haven't done the Scholastic. I still haven't done the. Are you serious? <laughs> It will maybe done. take you an hour. Oh, It'll maybe take you an hour. Maybe. That's four it's times good, the time. Good as that's well. four it's times good how yeah, long. It's really good. That's four times how long it took for me to do Hildebrand. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's, it's, it's let's it, you can really knock it out in an hour, maybe less. And it's worth it because it's a really good side story. Yeah, I'm, hoping that, I'm hoping that Gigi fun. evolves into an interesting side because he's just like, I'm a mammoth. I don't know anything. Is my now, name Gigi? Okay, sure. Now, you, you did reference the mystery man and kind of spoil it for you. Sorry, should have done the shit. There's a mystery man in Scholastic. Oh, I know. I know there's a mystery man. They, sh they the show you the mystery man, and in, um, in one of the teasers for it, they show the mystery man. Do you think they're connected? They better be. That's all I could say. They better be. It's going to be the same dude. This man, yeah. this man, I think the Scholastic and Hildebrand are going to come together. I think, yeah. I, yeah. I think at this point that they are the same. Be. They are the same story, but they're not being told as the same story yet. Right. Almost mm -hmm. like the way that the Beast Tribes were all different stories and then came together to be one complete story. Mm -hmm. Which is a story we can't even talk about. We can't even talk about the Vath story yet because it, it's impossible to have completed it at this point. Which is unfortunate. TLDR, we're dealing a lot of drugs. Yeah, I, Why is I, everybody saying that? Uh, listen, I've seen... We even are just watching... literally dealing Charlene weed. To dragons. It's a tail feather. We're drug dealers. You're spraying it's like a weed. But the nath, the nath just want to be needed. They, they feel the need to be needed. And yeah, by getting everyone addicted to their weed. <laughs> I got this Whoa, dank... Yo, yo, Annex trying. I got this dank kush for you right now. Yeah. <laughs> like I've seen suddenly, so many, suddenly no one can go without I've the seen, fact. I've seen oh, so many breaking really? math jokes, it's not even funny. God. Well they did it. Um, we're not the ones doing it. They made it pretty fucking obvious. <laughs> I, I wanna accept them as, you know, you know, people who uh, like tribe who <laughs> You know, fine, fuck it, they're drug dealers. Let's move on. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Right. I'll, I'll accept it. Fine. Um, so when are we seeing Gilgamesh again? 
later on in um, 3.5? Maybe to close it out? I think we're going to see Gilgamesh again at 3.3. I think he's just going to wander into the story. Battle, battle in big way. Battle, battle at big church. Big church. Big church. See you at big church. See you at big church. There you go. I have a feeling. I also have a feeling we could fight and battle at Big Vigil. It's another Ooh. one. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I could see that happening. But who's to say they won't open up another FF boss? Or I have. I guarantee you, we end up finding out that there's three other mammoths that are evil. Black Waltz one, two, and three. <laughs> I guarantee you, we end up running into Black Waltz one, two, and three at some point. That'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I would be really surprised if we didn't run into the Black Waltzes in the story at some point. I don't think it's the Mystery Man is the Black Waltz, but I have a feeling he's like, because you know how the Black Waltzes were like part of the first disc, like Final Fantasy IX, which is still not out on Steam, by the way. Um, which is bullshit. Yes, I agree. Fuck enough. Yeah, not happy. Um, somebody who's probably probably made the Mammoth. I just think it's funny, like, oh, when my when my father pulled me out of the snow, then pulled me back into the snow, now now I found this mammoth, by the way. <laughs> he tries that's what happens. He tries to pull him out of the snow and then he put he dry, he slams him back into the snow and he's even deeper. <laughs> it's pretty it's a hilarious scene. You gotta do it. Um, all right, and we're running low on time right here because I have a, another thing that I need to do. So real quick, get, excuse me, get some yeah D and I want to get some closing thoughts on one last piece of story: Sephiroth's reawakening and his journal entry. All right, so I'll, let, I'll, I'll just literally let Ethis take this, give his thoughts, and then we can wrap things up. Yeah, that's right. a pretty. Hey, let me. Well, if you've got some thoughts, Sly, I'm just I'm just pulling up some screenshots here for myself. Yeah, it was a pretty lengthy journal entry when you actually go back, and I just noticed it to the right of Uno Calhai in the um, in the um, not the Waking Sands, um, Rising Stones. Rising Stones. Thank you. Yeah. And it's a pretty lengthy entry. It's just about the fiend. Yeah. I really didn't get into too much detail. I read a little bit, and I'm like. Holy shit! They wrote a novel about Sephiroth. Yeah. In well, a- the the important things, firstly, and again, it's what we were basically speculating, is they've done the same thing to the Warring Triad as they did to Bahamut, is that they're using them as as power generators, um, which is cool, whatever. Um, but the really interesting thing with Sephiroth in particular is that his sort of power. How do they describe it? They say, uh, let me have a look. He had, um, where are we? The ability to induce spontaneous growth in living organisms through the manipulation of ambient etheric energy. So that's how he makes himself grow to these big sizes. But he can do it to, obviously, plants would be the obvious one. Um, But what the Allegans have done in studying him is that they've used it in their chimerical experiments and explains why the Allegans that we fight through the Crystal Tower series are so fucking big is that they've basically been given Sephiroth growth hormones. Hmm. Yep. They extracted hormones from him. And well, the ethereal equivalent. And Zandi's like, yeah, I'll have some of that. And Amon's like, yeah, fuck yeah, juice me up. And um, <laughs> that's why they are like that. <laughs> That's, I mean that's that, cool. 
that honestly is what what it says in it really is that it really is that simple but but it's good because that's kind of been bothering a lot of us for a long time like why why do we see human-sized elegans and then these giant fucking monster elegans and there you go it's separate yeah uh, one small mystery solved now we just have two more to go we got a lot more than two more to go jesus christ and then we got una call high figure out what the hell's going on with him I will have a video up on Una Calhai within the next week or so. Hey, find fun. that on youtubecom slash Sasha. A good segue because we should probably wrap things up. All right. Well, you can find me at that place that I just said, where there's going to be a video on Una Calhai and who I think Una Calhai is, uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at ethisffxiv. Or if you're really, really brave. You can find me on Twitch for the once in a blue moon that I stream. Ah, in a blue moon, I get it. Ah, Sly, where where the people go to see the to the give fox. you free stuff. Yeah, to to give you. We've had this conversation before. Go to stream. You know, I'm I'm, I'm you. becoming. I'm carry you through Midas. <laughs> carry you through Midas. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> if you want to carry Sly through Midas, you can find him at... <laughs> you can find me at twitch.tv slash Fox. You can find me on Twitter at SlyTheFox. You can find me on Instagram at SlyKagreyFox07. You can find me on Plot 14, Ward 5, in Behemoth, in Lavender Beds, home in Fox, to the Foxhole, free beer and wings. And is that it? Is that all, Sly? Free beer and wings if you subscribe to the Negro Dragoon Fund. United Negro Dragoon Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. They're, I thought it was just They're united. Like... Come on now. Don't be, don't be fucking insulting, Athos. Please, show some fucking tact. <laughs> and I think I bring this guy on my show. Hey, well, you can see through my eye. Sly anyway. united with both of his pockets. Well, while Sly, while Sly laments over his mistakes... Um, <laughs> I am mistakes. your other host, Michael, Mr. Happy Poveromo. If I'm everywhere, Mr. Happy1227. And I'm going to be playing D&D in about 11 minutes. I already told the group that I'm just wrapping up the show right Fuck now. Fuck yeah. Yeah, my first time ever playing D&D, actually. Uh, we're playing 5th edition, 13th age. And I still need to... I got, I got 10 minutes to figure out what my last background is. Because I stole three unused points. And I, unless I just want to... Maybe I just leave them on. Maybe I just leave them unused. No. Is there is there a seduction background? I can pick. I, I it has to be something that will be advantageous, and I don't think my dragon, my draconic barbarian, is going to be very. Seducing. Well, you've probably got you know some special talents. You've probably. I mean, you said you didn't inherit like the eight foot dragon dick, but you probably inherited like the scaled for a pleasure sort of features. <laughs> um, I don't maybe, know if that's going to help. Well, you, if you whip it out, you never know. Um, or maybe you can seduce dragons. There's hey? only one dragon in our world, and I'm its child. Well, that's, you know, that's legal in, in some states. <laughs> I'm, we're I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not judging. We're ending this fucking show. <sighs> On that yeah. note, guys, we are going to wrap things up. <laughs> I will see you guys. We're, we're going to have, like, a one-minute post-show, pretty much. <laughs> Because I really need to get going. But uh, anyway, guys, thank you for watching this week's episode of Stay of the Realm. Next week, we'll be back with the... 
we, we've got we've got some stuff planned. We're gonna we're gonna be trying to get a crafting and gathering episode, so we'll probably have a segment with Ash coming Woo! up again. So Sly, you'll need to be ready to record that because you know we record those on on the weekends. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, we also have the feast is coming out next week, but we probably won't do a show about the feast right away. We'll probably include the feast as part of the following show, and then we have a few other things that we'd uh, we'd like to plan out. Uh, a few guests we want to get back on the show. Ethis, you aren't one of them. Um, and we got Air Zivia sometime next month. Also, don't forget. Not we're, us. Yeah, Not well, us. no, we're I on the forget. show. I won't forget. Yeah, I hope you do. Anyway. It's, it's Stump the Ethis, Air Zivia. Yeah, Stump the Ethis, Air Zivia. Basically, it's like when if you take Alex Trebek and you put him on the fucking, on the fucking side. Pretty much. <laughs> Have the three guests ask him. How would you fucking know? Ask. T- I'm gonna answer your question. You ask me a question. How about that? Oh, you guys gonna have fun with that? Jeez. Yes, I am. I've already mm-hmm. started picking questions. Already started doing it. On that yeah. note, guys, we're gonna wrap things up. We'll see you guys on next week's show. Until then, take care. See you next ah! week.